let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Hello, welcome back to the Football Babble, 21st of August, just past 7 o'clock. Um, it's just myself and Jerry sitting down this evening. Can't say I'm looking forward to this, to be honest. Um, I don't know um, if it's just the Chelsea result or if it's just because it's just me and JD. Um, and he uh, yeah, may come across as rude, but um, I will maybe share with the listeners some of the messages that have been put into the battle group and they may mm-hmm. understand. Um, of course, coming off a weekend where Arsenal won again, convincingly, um, sit, sitting proudly at the top of the league now um, with three wins from three. Um, no other team can can boast that um, success so far. Um, so you're going to probably hear from a very buoyant Jetty tonight. Arsenal looking very good. Um, Man City and Newcastle game um, not too long ago. Three each, very, very entertaining game. I have seen a few highlights. Jerry has watched the whole game. And unfortunately, um, I watched the entire Chelsea-Leeds game uh, from earlier on this afternoon, which um, was a very convincing 3-0 um, win for Leeds. So we're going to chat about that. Um, we will also preview a big um, Northwest Derby. There- they're called the Northwest Derby. I've, I've never heard it called that before. It must be Sky just trying to build something up. Um, Big relegation fight. Yes. Um, he's in early. Well, it's this 90 seconds into the podcast. He's annoyed 90% of our listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, United Liverpool Monday Night Football um, should be entertaining as always. Um, we'll touch on a few other things as well. Like... Um, a lot of teams have not had a good start, uh, Johnny. Um, West Ham sitting rock bottom, three defeats from three. Um, could be United's fate uh, tomorrow night. A lot of people think it will be. Um, Aston Villa as well beat again this weekend. I know you you may want to touch on on Stevie Gerrard. Um, I think he's one of the favourites now to uh, to lose his job, um, and um, that'll. Probably do us. I mean, um, Brighton again, another win today, solid start for them. Um, Tottenham, as much as you may not like it, uh, also in the top four. Um, but where do you want to start? Where, where should we start? What, what do you think is the biggest story of the weekend? I think the biggest story of the weekend is I've had a constant smile on my face. Very rare for me to have <laughs> on a football weekend where Arsenal are playing. Um, you know what? I, I think the 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 biggest talking story of the weekend is not even at the weekend. It's tomorrow night at um, mm. 
at Old Trafford. I mean, the two biggest teams in the country are going to go head to head, and what is a big six pointer to get themselves out of a relegation dogfight this early in the season? Um, I know people you know, are taking the piss with, with, with that. You know, obviously you're t- you're kind of taking the piss with that, but am I? I mean, we saw what happened to Everton last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think Liverpool are in any danger, let's be honest. United, are they in danger of being dragged into sort of a, a definitely a bottom half struggle, you know, towards the the bottom end of the bottom half? Well, you see, we had an identical start to Man United last season. We lost our first three games. United lost. Oh, they lost the first two. Yeah, just wanted to remind yeah. all of that. Um, United lost the first <laughs> two games, uh, just like we did. They'll probably lose the first three. Um, and we were dead and buried last year at this time of the season. You know, a lot of pundits were on the wind up, trying to annoy Arsenal, uh, mm-hmm. saying they're in a relegation fight. Blah blah blah, whatever. And then Arsenal ended up going very close to getting to the Champions League. So. I don't know, it really depends. Depends how United react, who they get in um, before the end of the transfer window. I think United will be fine. I don't think they're going to challenge top four or whatever this year. Um, but they'll be top half, I imagine. Um, what about Casemiro? I don't, I, don't, I don't really see the point of that deal. And I'll, the reason why is because he's 30. He's been given a contract in mm-hmm. 2027. And he's on big wages. And I'm... He's a, don't get me wrong, like he is a good player. But I just think United need to be looking a wee bit younger. You know, someone they're going to get their value for money out of. Because, you know, people say players do start to dip when they hit their 30s. It's just just the way the game is. It's the way, it's the way we all work. And it's, it's, it's a big it's, risk, isn't it? It is a big risk. And I think, like, it's just panic buying from United. You know, they need to get somebody in. They haven't been able to get Frankie De Jong in. And they need somebody with a bit of quality in midfield and it's just a short term fix and it's going to cost them a ton of money long term and if they want to say ship Casimir out in two or three years time it's going to be very hard for them to do that because who's going to take him on those wages like Liverpool for example we I don't I think we said last week maybe that City normally start very slow in the, in the league and this year they've started quite well and it's been the opposite for Liverpool you know they've actually had a city start to the season where they've been quite slow. Yeah. Darwin Nunez being an absolute buffoon on a Monday night. They're getting sent off against... Um, who were they playing again? I remember who. Palace. Palace, sorry, yeah. Um, now, if you Liverpool haven't seen have, it, by the way, the, the, the video of Anderson winding up Nunez is, is brilliant. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a great watch. And that's typically me on a Wednesday night at indoor football. Minus the headbutts. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it was great, great, um, great result for Palace. Uh, John Taggart, no doubt, was hitting the roof whenever they got that result at, at Anfield because Liverpool are very good at Anfield normally. Um, mm-hmm. So for some for Palace to come away with a point is a great result for Paddy Vieira. Probably thought I wanted to be fair. Um, but big game tomorrow night. It'll be, it'll be a good watch. Really looking forward to it. But I just think Liverpool still have the quality to to win that game. But saying that, you know, Man United will probably surprise us, and it's it's a derby. Whether the game will go ahead, of course, because we've had been hearing, you know, that United fans are going to try and get the game called off, uh, invading the stadium or whatever they're planning to do. Yeah. Um, but but I imagine it'll it'll be a, a Liverpool win now. I, I seen our very own 
Filippo put up on Twitter earlier on about how he's not um, particularly nervous about the game tomorrow. There are other factors involved, obviously, but you know, it's it's like when you used to go to United back in the day, like going to Old Trafford. Like fuck me, you think if you know even a draw out of this today, you'd be happy enough. Yeah. There's not really that fear factor going to Old Trafford anymore. Um, it's like going to the Addy Hut now. I think more than likely you're going to get beat now. Like going mm-hmm. to the Addy Hut. Yeah, same on yeah. like you know the two tough stadiums to go to like go to Stamford Bridge now and you just roll them over you know last two years <laughs> it's not too bad you know what I mean <laughs> we're but, not talking uh, about Chelsea yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> not yet um, but, but no I, I always look forward to, to these types of games United Liverpool you know big games that don't involve your team are yeah. always more enjoyable to watch because you can just sit back and watch the carnage just absolutely <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you'll be the same and It'll be it'll be an interesting one in your household because obviously you have Phil, and then yes, you have a brother in law and a brother who's a Man United fan. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, was I, I was think... actually um, speaking to um, speaking to my brother today who is a United fan, and um, he made a good point to think about Casemiro <clears throat> in that he's one of those midfielders, I think. Um, I agreed with what he said, which was he he thrives when he's surrounded by good players, mm-hmm. and there are there are midfielders like that, and, and you get it mostly in a three like that. Kroos, Casemiro, and Modric three is good because all three of them work in tandem and they understand each other so well, and he like. I just don't know how well he's gonna work in a midfield three with set was Fred McTominay and mm-hmm. Casemiro. I mean that is a massive step down. Even if it's Ericsson, you know, something like Ericsson, Fernandez and Casemiro, I don't yeah, I don't even play a three in midfield. So for for a start, you know, he could struggle to adapt to that. Then it's a different league and he's you know, as you say, he's thirty and, and um, he'll he'll have his the pace of his play set and and stuff already. Now he he is very very good at reading the game, very good spoiler. Um, but I just don't know if the quality if he has the quality around him. Obviously, he doesn't have the same quality around him that he had at Real Madrid. So, um, I did see somebody on Twitter earlier on this this week. Uh, comparing it to the Schweinsteiger deal that United did, and he really, really struggled when he came. I think he was maybe 30 when he came into the Premier League, and it didn't go well for him either. So, I think they're different players, though. Casemiro and Schweinsteiger. Yeah. I think it's kind of fun for her to compare them, but I did see... Uh, but the same sort of deal, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, 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 get, I get that, but I mean, I've I seen a stat this morning, actually, that... I don't understand. I did see him. I know, I know. Oh. Apple Watch, I don't understand James either. But Fred <laughs> and Casemiro have only lost one game together when they played for Brazil. And that's mm. out of I think it's thirty games or something. So I mean that's that's a positive for United fans, I suppose. That that's probably gonna be their base is Fred and, and Casemiro because McTominay I mean if McTominay kicks the football for United again, I'd be surprised he is absolutely shocking footballer. Um mm. and you're you're saying that you're kinda of talking about Casemiro coming to the Premier League and struggling because he hasn't got the same quality. I think that's been very evident with Varane coming to United last year. You know, United yeah. fans thought he was going to be 
the rock at the back and turn their defence around and he's sitting playing beside Harry Maguire who yes I'll admit, admit it I've said on this podcast in years gone by that I thought Harry Maguire was a good player but he has massively went downhill since he went to Man United and maybe yeah. that's because they play a different sorry, different system style of play or whatever compared to what he was pressure too Leicester. yeah you're, you're a captain of Manchester United it's completely different than when you're captain or playing for Leicester um, so it's a massive step up and he just hasn't delivered um, and in that even talking about Harry Maguire Harry Maguire has also been kind of linked to Chelsea this week now I understand that's only if Chelsea <laughs> can't get Fofana over the line which you know they probably will because he's kind of went on strike or whatever he doesn't want to play for Leicester now so it's yeah. likely that day will happen but could you imagine Harry Maguire going to Chelsea like I mean I, I mean, I, I saw it when I came home. I think it was maybe Thursday night. I came home from football and I I had to rub my eyes and I didn't put it in our group on purpose because <laughs> I didn't want the other people to see it. And I know that's so stupid. But I was like, I cannot be for real. How, like, any other in the Premier League, basically, I would take over Harry Maguire. And I know that like you mentioned there like he he does there is a good footballer in there i just don't know if his confidence has been absolutely ruined by united fans and i think you know a lot of english fans too like even when mm. stupidly he was playing for england like the england fans were booing him which is just ridiculous um and he hasn't been as bad for england as he as he has been for united but um England play with three at the back, don't they? Like they play with three centre halves, and I think that's yeah. sort of what worked well with him, with Leicester, and that's probably why he's suited to that you know level of team, you know, like a Leicester or a Villa or someone like that, because they're going to put many men behind the ball. Will while United are trying to push on and get a goal, and he's left more exposed, and yeah. that's probably why he has been downhill at Man United. And he just you know, you understand, it's going to be very tough to be captain of that football club when you have. Absolute divas like Cristiano Ronaldo there and I don't know Bruno Fernandez guys like that. Um, Martial obviously is back there. You know you know you know they have some good players. I just don't think they're a team. You know the chemistry's not there. Um, it's tough. Like I know there's been rumors coming out saying that the players would be happy if Ronaldo moved on and they could you know reinvent themselves or you know boost team morale. I don't know. It's um. What do you think Ten Hag's going to do tomorrow night in terms of the team? Like, do you think Ronaldo starts? Do you think, you know, Ericsson plays? Ericsson now has played, like, it was, um, in the first two games of the season as a false nine and a Houghton midfielder. Mm-hmm. It seems like, I know Ten Hag, like, a lot of the stuff at United is not his fault, obviously, because he's only there a matter of months. But when you're doing stuff like that, like, it, it's kind of question marks. <laughs> and yeah. when you're playing Martinez at the back um, against Ivan Tony, I mean that's kind of a you know an obvious one. Don't do that because mm-hmm. you you see what happens. Um, do you think he changes that much? Do you think he brings in a lot of youth? What's his approach? I, I think he needs to, and I said this to somebody during the week. He needs to do a social. He needs to stick everyone behind the ball and try and hit Liverpool on the counter-attack because it worked very well for Solskjaer against like Man City and mm. I think Liverpool are just going to set up camp in United's half and make it very difficult for them to get out 
And even without a striker, you know, Liverpool have Mo Salah, Luis Diaz, who can score goals. So I think they need to do that. And I don't know whether Ronaldo... I mean, Ronaldo's going to be um, a danger from set pieces for United, but whether United are able to get that far up the field, even get free kicks, you know, corners, whatever. Um, yeah. I think that this is a game for Marcus Rashford to kind of show what he's made of. I uh, don't know if Martial's fit or not, and to be honest, his form hasn't been great. But uh, really, poor start of the season from yeah. from Rashford and Sancho, I think especially. Yeah, there hasn't been enough made of Sancho about how piss poor he's been since he signed for Man United. You know, he was talked up as the big English prospect, and he was fantastic at Dortmund. There's no doubt. But since he came to the Premier League, he's really, really struggled. Don't know if it's just because of the players around him are poor, but you know, there's a lot of players in the past that have been in piss poor teams and have shone and you know. Have carried that Anthony team Gordon, yeah, well, last season. Anthony Gordon, who's um, is he like with you? Is that yes, right? yes, yeah, 40, 45 million or something. I thought that was very strange, yeah. Um, yeah, like you know, Eden Hazard, like uh, Europa League yeah. final 2018. I mean, he won that game for Chelsea, like he was fantastic, yeah, and ended up being his last game for Chelsea, funny enough, but. You know, there's players like that that can just grab games with a scruff of the neck and and win games for their teams, and that's what United fans probably hope that Sancho can do is you know score goals, create chances for for his teammates. Um, they were loving Ronaldo coming back last year, but I think it's been very quickly realised that they need to quickly move him on. It was very yeah. it was romanticised really Ronaldo coming back to Old Trafford, and yes, he was a top goal scorer, whatever, but. If they are looking to implement a style of play that's going to take United forward over years. It's got to be without Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's better for him. And Ronaldo wants to go, but there's nobody going to take him because there's nobody that can yeah. pay his wages. So that's the problem. It's just where where does he go? I think there's been talk of Sporting. Um, I don't know if they'd be able to pay his wages. Um, I, I think there's a problem, and then he can't go to America, obviously. Um, so there's definitely still some question marks. I think he said about revealing. The truth or something by you yes. by the end of the transfer window, we yes wait with bated breath to see what he's gonna say. But um, imminently Ten Hag needs to needs to stop the rot and um, it'll because he's a tactical manager. Um, you know if he puts something in place against uh, Klopp's Liverpool tomorrow night, um, Liverpool on the other hand, um, obviously is suspended for that. Active stupid. I think Firmino might be back fit, um, but Liverpool have a have a real list of injuries too. So um, I think Henderson questionable, maybe fifty fifty. Uh, Thiago's obviously out. Um, Curtis Jones is out. I think in midfield they're 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 struggling quite a bit. Um, Do you think if so, Liverpool don't get a result tomorrow? Like, if they don't start picking up wins, you know, they could be out of the title race because City are not going to drop many points this year. And I said this to Phil, I think, um, at the beginning of the season, that Liverpool really need to kick off hard because mm. Man City usually do start poor and they've started well this year. Um, yeah. So I think Liverpool really need to start getting some results together. Um, I know they pulled it back last year to meta the title race. I think they were 14 points behind or something, but they had a couple of games in hand. But they really do need to start getting points on the board. And United's confidence is very low. 
And if Liverpool say go out there in the first 10 minutes and get a goal tomorrow, you know, Old Trafford's going to be so toxic and the fans are going to yeah. be on their back. And then Liverpool can just go out and control that game. And then if they knock another one pass, you know, all Liverpool need to do more is score two goals or three goals. You know, they don't need to go mad like they did last year, just go out and win the game. And, you know, United's fans will turn on them. And that's that's what will knock United, the United players' confidence, I think. You know, it's yeah. really all there for Liverpool to kind of, you know, dominate and take control if they want to do that. But it's very important that we get these wins. Now, City dropped a few points today, uh, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about shortly. Like, but it's it's very important they do start getting some wins. Um, otherwise, they'll run away with. That uh, you know, you have to rely on the Arsenal. You know, to keep up with them. You know, lads, it's gonna be. We'll try yes. our best, like you know what I mean. But you know, it's uh, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Uh, so basically, <laughs> if if Liverpool aren't in it, there is no title race. It's pretty much yeah, days. pretty much. But like, that's what I think. Like, they're. City lost a few players this summer, but I mean, they're still a very strong team, mm. and they'll probably push on and, and win another league title again if Liverpool don't get their act together. Uh, like I mean, if we we can talk about City now, or we can talk about Arsenal. It's it's whichever one you prefer. You want to try and avoid Chelsea for as long as possible. Yeah, I know I won't be able to do that for the whole podcast, but um, yeah, I mean, we may as well go to Man City because um. If Liverpool, just as you mentioned there, it is a big game for Liverpool. If they win that game tomorrow night, they're only two points behind Man City. And, I mean, it's it's still very early. Um, I know, you know, City, uh, when they get ahead, they can they can really romp on and, and just build points and build points. But um, there, there's a lot still to happen this season. Obviously, there will be the break for the World Cup. We don't know injuries, like who's going to be tired from that, who's going to go the distance who's going to maybe go out early and have more rest etc etc um so there is a long way to go but um man city yeah had made um a very good start before today this stumbled a wee bit today um dropping two points against newcastle um from what i have seen and heard um newcastle were were very very good Jerry and, and probably deserved to take at least a point from the game yeah Man City went one up very quickly but I mean it was just very poor defending I thought from Newcastle but once that happened then Newcastle sort of woke up and St Maximum was I don't think I've ever seen a player that's ran Kyle Walker ragged the way he did mm. I mean Kyle Walker's a very quick player but St Maximum was all over him and he was a very tricky customer and I think he got two assists today. He's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Almiron as well was fantastic for, for Newcastle. Uh, Joe Linton in the middle. Uh, Bruno, can't even say. Ramirez. Yeah. The Newcastle were, were fantastic from front to back. Um, when they went 3-1 up, I felt like they just kind of stopped. They kind of thought, I don't know, maybe we'll just sit in here and we'll hold out. And I feel yeah. like if, if Newcastle had just kept going and doing what they were doing the entire game... They probably would have got more than a point there the day. They were very, very good. Now, maybe at two years, a Newcastle supporter, I texted him and said, um, Newcastle have actually been doing pretty well here. And he, he texted back like five minutes later after City scored. I told you that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's like they stopped. And he said, no, it's not that we stopped. It's City realised just how good they were. And then, of course, City ended up scoring the three goals or the two goals sorry and that game could have ended I mean five each the way it went today like both teams had some fantastic chances 
St. James's Park is a very, very hard ground to go to now. Um, yeah. I watched the obviously the, the end of the All or Nothing this week and one of the obviously the last episodes where we went to St. James's Park and got absolutely outplayed at the end of last season. And it's gonna to be tough for anyone going there this year. And I looked at our fixture list and we play in Newcastle uh, in one of the last games of the season at St. James's Park, which I'm not looking forward to again. Like it is a very, very tough ground to go. Eddie Howe has them playing some great football. Um and I mean if you look at the squad from when he came in, like he's added some really good players as well. Uh, and like City, like when City have gone one 0 up, Sky put it up today. Their last thirty games when they were one 0 up, they've only drew once and lost none and won the rest of them. Was so it against like, Liverpool? It might it probably was, yeah. I feel like it was against Liverpool, yeah. It probably at the Eddie had last season, yeah. Um which just shows like how how much of a good result that probably was for Newcastle today. The fact that City did score first and Newcastle came back and absolutely dominated the game for especially the last 20 minutes of the first half. I mean, they were all over City. I feel that like they'll probably be disappointed maybe with not coming away with all three points, but still still a very good result and very positive for, for Newcastle fans. Like, but like it's, said, it's weird you said about the... Um, you know, obviously, it's, I think it's... Uh, it's an atmosphere at St James's Park, you know, both ways. Obviously, we we saw when um, they were having issues with the previous owner, how toxic an atmosphere it can be at, at St James's Park for the home team. I mean, um, but when there's a bit of positivity about, and um, obviously they're going into this season with, you know, higher position in the league in mind and a lot more of a positive mindset um made a few signings um do, who do you think because it for me they haven't made like as big a signings in terms of like worldwide stars as i thought they were going to um when you look at that team today like there's nobody really sticks out probably you know still the best player is a maximum you would have thought, you know, over the summer, maybe they would have tried to go after some bigger names, mm-hmm. but they seem to be approaching it very mathematically, very database, very, you know, filling holes that they need. Um, you know, Trippier wouldn't have been somebody you would point out as, as like a must right back uh, to have in your team, but he has, he's done very well there. He, he scored a lovely free kick today. Um, Dan Byrne as well, another good signing, um, and and Nick Pope. I think he's he's made a difference. I know he's conceded three today, but there's there seems to be a sort of a solidity now in that backline and some something to build from. Was yeah. that kind of evident rather than you know you know maybe having two out of your back four not at the right level now they look like you know i know they're playing man city today and and you know it's anyone finds it tough obviously adding holland into that as well but mm-hmm. um do you think they look, they look a bit more secure yeah like it's funny you mentioned nick pope he um he pulled off some very good saves today especially i think there was two one-on-ones maybe one with holland one with gundogan and he, he had some great saves they definitely are more solid at the back, and like you said, anyone's gonna 
struggle against Man City. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I haven't conceded any goals before today, you know, this season. Yeah, yeah, like uh, a pal of mine said to me, I put two Newcastle players in my defence in Fantasy League, and he kind of said, what's that all about? And I'm like, well, Newcastle are a good team, like they're not going to concede many goals, I don't think, this year, so... Plus, Kieran Trippier takes all the free kicks for Newcastle, so you might get the odd goal off him, like like today. Um, I did check, and he is on my sub bench, so um, he's also third on my sub bench. So there's no chance of getting the end points. Um, nope. And I've um, Parasit from Spurs on my bench as well, and he got twelve points or something yesterday. So great. Um, yeah, so Newcastle are they're definitely more solid, and you know. A man of mine who is a Newcastle fan said to me, like, this has all been built up by the media that they're going to go out and spend like 100 million or 150 million on Bappe. You know, that's not what Newcastle are trying to do. They're they're looking to, you know, improve the training facilities, improve the academy, you know, the stadium, you know, invest in the squad, but, you know, smartly, like, they don't need to go out and spend hundreds and hundreds of million. Like, like you said, filling holes, bringing qual- better quality players. That's what they have been doing, you know. Um, like, you think of players that came off the bench today for Newcastle, the likes of Murphy, who came on for the last 15 minutes. Like he probably would have been a starter for Newcastle two years ago. Um, yeah. Joe Linton was brought in as a, as a striker, number nine, wasn't he? And now he's yeah. playing in midfield, and he's playing very, very well in midfield. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, they've, just, they've just brought in good players. Like Chris Wood, starter for Burnley, now he can't even get a game at Newcastle, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're just playing Alan Wilson and... Uh, Almiron and, and uh, St. Maximum up front. They just, they just have a very good team and what I noticed about them now, their work rate, you know, Joe Linton and St. Maximum especially were just running, run, 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 trying to Yeah, close that's down. different. Yeah, like Kyle Walker was put under pressure by Joe Linton at the end of the first half when most, you know, most times they would have just let Kyle Walker pick up the ball and start to play again and he forced Kyle Walker in the mistake which won Newcastle a corner, you know. It's just the, that extra work rate goes a long way and Sort of separates, you know, good teams from very good teams, and I just think Newcastle probably will do quite well this year and could probably challenge for the European positions. But I think that's sort of what what they've been looking to do is just build themselves up into the Premier League again, maybe get into Europe, and then in a couple of years' time they'll see where they are. Maybe they might challenge for the Champions League spots. Maybe they might challenge for the league. Who knows? But I know I know there obviously has been a lot of criticism over the Saudi Arabian takeover, and rightly mm-hmm. so. And I don't know, maybe they're trying to play it under the radar by just making these sort of signings for now. But there's no doubt they have the money there if they want to, you know, if somebody like uh, Mbappe, for example, comes available and he's interested in coming to Newcastle, I'm, I'm sure they're not going to say no. But mm. they, they are, they're more solid front to back, they're a good team and probably have have surprised us by the players they have brought in, but they've brought in good players that have improved. Yeah, um, and... I mean, going by by videos over the last couple of weeks, you, you maybe wouldn't even want Mbappe. He seems to be um, have real, real attitude issue, um, and sort of player who could maybe upset when Newcastle are building there. Um, bit of a um, bit of a diva, um, and they all seem to be like yeah, the work rate that you mentioned um, seems to be more alive now in uh, in Newcastle when the when they don't have the ball. Um, they're all working for each other as a team, and um, Addy Howe, I suppose you know. I know he's not Phil's favourite, um, but he has to take some credit there. He's a good manager. Um, did 
very good work with Bournemouth for years. Um, got his call up, and um, he seems to he seems to be taking his chance and hopes, as you say, like Newcastle are a massive club. Um, hopes that he can build them up into probably something like Man City have done, um, and eventually go and win trophies. But they seem like they're in no rush, and that's maybe not a bad thing. Um, they're not, you know, signing signing players for 60, 70, 80 plus million. Um, they're they're just growing into to this season, and you know that's a as you say could have been more, but still a, a positive result for Newcastle. You know, I'm sure um, we're doing a last man standing um, for Sandy Hill, and I'm sure a lot of people went out thinking Man City uh, we're gonna. We're going to attack the three points today, so um, fair play to Newcastle. Um, but above Man City, um, the only team above Man City who are second is the Arsenal, Jonathan. No uh, another positive result, um, very convincing win. Um, clean sheet away from home, um, could have been more as well. 3 0 out of Bournemouth. What was what was good? Who was good? Um, I know Saliba. You, you got a mention in our WhatsApp group from you. Mm-hmm. Um, it it all seems to be coming together. Well, yeah, like it's Arsenal haven't won the first three games of the season since two thousand three. So, I mean, it's it's a very good, good omen. Good omen is right. The invincible season. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to see them actually win win the first couple of games. Um, Obviously, we're going to win the league, like you know. Obviously, As, yeah. I'm glad yeah. that's that's been recorded. Yeah, but Phil was, will be delighted to hear that. Um, no, like I mean, optimistic. Obviously, after last season, things um, definitely improved, and you know the feeling around the club was a lot better, and the group of players we have now are are definitely a level above what we did have before. Gabriel Jesus has come in and just completely changed that front line, you know, his movement. He's he's doing what Lacazette was doing and more, like, you know, he was, you know, interlinking play and then he's running on and he's getting on the end of balls and, you know, he's creating chances for his teammates, like, the first goal yesterday, taking the ball down, turning the defender and then going past a couple of guys and playing in Martinelli who had this shot saved but scored by Odegaard. I mean, what's, what play, like, I mean, he's absolutely fantastic wee player. Um, and then Shinchenko was was fantastic as well. Like he's really impressed me since he's come in. Those two players, you know, it's no coincidence they come from a team that's used to winning, and I think they're bringing that sort of mentality to this Arsenal squad and their leadership as well. Like I think Shinchenko was the captain of Ukraine, and you know we mm-hmm. we have a couple of leaders in there now. You know, obviously Granit Xhaka has turned things around, and you know after watching the documentary, especially you know, I suppose it shows his leadership within the team. You know, Arsenal had a good start. You know they need to keep going. They've they've run a games now where they can definitely get maximum points. But I think their first big test isn't until sort of the, in the middle of the end of next month, and then the Spurs on the first of October. So we'll really see what's what they're um, what they're made of whenever they come up against. I suppose the bigger teams like don't get me wrong, Bournemouth are not really much of a challenge. Um, but it's the Premier League, you know, every team in there is going to be difficult, especially away from home. So I'm just mm-hmm. kind of glad that 
is I'm not, I haven't been quite used to Arsenal going away from home and winning very comfortably over the last couple of seasons, so it was just kind of nice to sit there on a Saturday evening and not have to stress. Yeah. Um, That's a good sign, isn't it? Like when you're two or your first three games are, you know, historically difficult away games. Palace away from home to start the season. I mean, we, me and Phil watched that game with you. Arsenal were started very, very well. Um, uh, maybe took their foot off the pedal a wee bit in the second half, but comfortably won the game 2-0. Um, scored four against Leicester. Um, Leicester were never really properly in that game. Um, and then obviously 3-0 yesterday. So away from home. Um, two home games now. Um, again, you'll be at the Fulham game next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Villa um, at home as well, which going by their start um, is is easier on paper. And then away to United, which which will be an interesting game, depending on where United are at that stage. Arsenal at the minute will be going in heavy favourites. Um, but you're right in that they've had, I wouldn't say it's a friendly start, but you know they've had a, a good, good, like a better start than most. Um, in terms of fixtures um, but as you say that's maybe you know they didn't do that last year they didn't have a they had a terrible start last year so um, it, it could be good for them to to build that confidence um, to sort of let the new players blend in as they're playing sort of the as you say they're not weaker teams like every game in the Premier League we saw you know Chelsea destroyed by Leeds today Um if you're not on it, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna pick up points. Has has um has anyone impressed you as much as as Gabriel Jesus? I know you said about Saliba. Um, any of the new or um, you know, I think the midfield, Xhaka, Odegaard have been obviously Odegaard scored twice yesterday, but. Uh, it's been haven't been talked about as much, but I think they've made a really, really good start in the midfield, which has been a an area for Arsenal in the past that has been probably their downfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, Martinelli has been fantastic um, the first three games, and you know I'm quite happy for Arsenal just to sort of it's kind of hard to say go under the radar when you're sitting top of the league at the end of the weekend, like but yeah. you know as long as they keep just getting results I understand we're not going to win every game um, we're going to lose a couple of games probably this season and draw a few and you know teams like Chelsea teams like Liverpool United you know they'll all improve and I think the aim this season is to get back into the Champions League and then go from there and you know see where, where we're at in you know a couple of years time see what we can do I think that is the I think that is the aim within the club and I think that's the expectations from, from the fans you know you say like you know me and Jack will be at the Fulham game next Saturday and that won't be an easy game you know Fulham had a good result yesterday um mm-hmm. they will try and ping plenty of balls into the box for Mitrovic um I suppose yeah. it's a lot better now having Saliba and Gabriel at the back instead of Mustafi and Socrates you know you have a bit more confidence I mean like yeah. for the age of Saliba the lad has just been so composed and I mean you would think he's been playing the Premier League for 10 years he's been absolutely fantastic the three games he's played um you know, scored a great goal yesterday. Like I mean, with a left peg as well. I think like what a strike. Um, yeah. And Ben White. I know we sort of said about Ben White in the first game, but 
Ben White's been has been doing well at right back. Um, and it's it's good in a way because like Tommy Osu obviously is coming back from injury and it gives him time just to come back and he doesn't have to be rushed into the team. Uh, same with Kieran Tierney like like I don't know if Kieran Tierney's going to get back in the team. The way Shimchenko's playing like left back. Yeah. Um, the way Austin's better, isn't it? The squad's much better. I mean that that's that's a big thing. They're they're not relying on Granite Jacket to sit in front of the defense now, and I think. If you've watched where Arsenal play the last three games, he's been a lot higher up the pitch. He's been a lot closer to Gabriel Jesus. And it's been Shinchenko sitting in sort of that defensive spot. And he's he's actually quite a good defender as well. Like, and Thomas Party's obviously played very well. I think what is going to, if anything, derails Arsenal this year, it'll be injuries. And that's just been the way it's been for us. You know, we, we play so well and then we lose a couple of players and that kind of knocks us. Um, and Arteta said yesterday that we need to obviously add a few more players and a bit more firepower I think is his words were like if say Gabriel Jesus gets injured you know we've had Ian Caddy yeah but you know what Jesus you need is, more yeah it's brought to Arsenal it's been incredible you know Saka hasn't really been firing all similar the first three games but it doesn't worry me you know because Martinelli's playing so well Jesus is playing well and you know Odegaard and there's some players that have been stepping up and scoring whilst he hasn't and he will start scoring again you know that's not what concerns me at all it's just uh, we just have overall a better team. Like I looked at our team one to eleven yesterday and thought we are superior all over the pitch compared to Bournemouth. And mm-hmm. then just went out and they showed that, and we uh, we had a goal ruled out for VAR for offside, and it rightly was Jesus. Like, but you know, there's a nice feeling around the club now. The fans are connected with the players, and you know, nice time I, to go to the Emirates. Best time to go to the Emirates, yeah, it probably is. Like I haven't I haven't been to the Emirates because of you know different things COVID and whatever um, the last time I was there was Arsene Wenger's last home game so I didn't even see any of Unai Emery or anything like that so it'll uh, it'll be good to see those like the likes of Saliba in person you know and um, some things you just don't see on TV you know you can't yeah. see things off the ball and stuff like that so it'll, it'll be good to see them again now um, and, and saying that you know I'll not be the only one going over to watch my team next week you will be going over and watching your beloved Chelsea at Stamford Bridge um, it's a bit of a like I mean the last time you were at Chelsea I think one of the last games I well, I can remember you being at was uh, Aiden Hazard destroying Francis Coquelin at Stamford Bridge like was that was mm-hmm. that the last time you were there or have you been there um, since? I was there I think once so I was there um, do, do you know when I was there actually I was there maybe three days before lockdown um i don't know how i didn't get COVID in london but um i was at the chelsea everton game um at stanford bridge um with butch who who will be in london with us as well the weekend um so yeah that was the last time i was there it was uh a lot better that day than uh, it was today mm-hmm. chelsea were the worst I've seen them in a long time and they've had some bad performances. Um can I just say, yeah. like before you sort of go on with how Chelsea play, like I only found found out like maybe a year or so, maybe just over a year ago, but Chelsea and Leeds had this big rivalry. So like if some of our listeners mm. don't know this, like I didn't even know this. Like there's yeah. this big, big rivalry with Chelsea and Leeds and I just thought it was so bizarre because like they're completely different opposite ends of the country. Um yeah. So for Leeds to get that result today, they'll be buzzing 
and like obviously like you've said and the reason why I found this out because you said like you hate Leeds you hate them so much <laughs> and I was like why do you hate Leeds so much and then you kind of explained the reason so uh, like that that is a very hard one for Chelsea fans to take especially after last weekend I mean these were yeah. in my opinion completely robbed against Spurs uh, Tuchel now is probably going to be sitting in the stands beside you uh, next week uh-huh. against Leicester and I suppose you're hoping like Chelsea, like Koulibaly will be suspended. So I suppose the unfortunate thing is you not even get to see him play. But um, yeah. based on today, I do not want to see him playing. Um, I mean, I don't know why my Apple Watch keeps interrupting us. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you're going to play Leicester, and Leicester haven't had a great start to the season, so you'd expect yeah. Chelsea to get a result next week. But you know, the Leeds fans are obviously ringing into five live tonight and they are buzzing. They are getting on like they have won the Champions League. So, um, mm. I suppose you can just turn off social media for a couple of days until it all passes by. And you know what? I have a friend who's a Leeds fan and um, lives in Leeds, actually. He goes to most of the home games. And he's already been on to me. He's not too bad, to be fair. He's, um, was he there today? He was there today. Um, he's one of the... He's one of maybe the calmer Leeds fans. Um, but I have to say, I don't enjoy Leeds and I don't enjoy Jesse Marsh. Um, they were they were so good today. Um, right from the off, uh, they were in Chelsea's face. They were pressing. They were hurrying. They, I think, you know, they knew to... Obviously, Mandy made an absolutely terrible mistake for the first goal, but I think they knew to target him. He's he's not good with his feet, Edward Mandy, um, and I don't know why he takes as many touches as he does, but he should have just got out of his feet and launched it. Um, but you know he was caught, and that kind of set the tone. Then uh, Leeds were were like that for the rest of the game. They were on the front foot. They knew they could get at Chelsea. Um, Koulibaly was on a yellow card from early on and then stupidly his, his first yellow card was stupid too they were both pullbacks he, um, he, he, the game was over it was 3-0 already and he pulled somebody back like 50 yards out, out from, from goal um, to get himself sent off and suspended so um, it was that sort of a dare for Chelsea um, nothing was working nothing was going right and as you say you know I a week after playing so so well against Tottenham, like I think Tuchel said, it's one of the best games he's he's took charge of um, for Chelsea, uh, and you know they didn't come come away with the three points, which was very frustrating at the time. But uh, there was a few moments at nil nil where Sterling uh, had chances and. Um, didn't put them away. That's Chelsea's real issue at the moment. Um, I know they're, I know they're heavily linked with Aubameyang. I think, I don't want that to happen, and you'll know that, um, just because of the character he is and the way he was at Arsenal. Um, you know, I've heard enough bad stories from you, and uh, probably. I haven't seen any of it yet, but on all or nothing, I don't know if he comes across great. Um, so I'm not sure if that would help or hinder Chelsea. They do need somebody of that ilk, though, to finish chances. It's serious. You know, that game could have been 
sort of about 20 minutes in, Chelsea did get a bit of a foothold, I think, and um, started passing the ball a bit better. But when they create chances, they're not taking them, and they need somebody to, to finish off those chances. The game could have been different if Chelsea went 1-0 up. Um, but Leeds, um, Leeds were brilliant. Uh, I think Chelsea are going to struggle. They're, you know, struggle to get top four. Um, obviously, Arsenal have started so strongly. Man City and Liverpool both, but the with the will both be there, um, and it, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be tight between Tottenham if Chelsea are even around it, um, and. You know, somebody is, is going to appear from that little cluster as well underneath. Mm-hmm. So they need to get their act together quickly. Um, but it was it was very, very poor today. Um, you know, there was nobody... I mean, Chelsea had so many good performances last week. Loftus-Cheek was brilliant last week. Havertz was brilliant. He was high and he, I know he missed the chance, but um, he, he was brilliant. Uh, against Spurs, fighting for every ball, he was anonymous today. So was Mason Mount. Um, they they really miss Kante in the middle. Kante's out for a couple of weeks now. So I heard um, that. Yes, it sounds. It doesn't sound very good. Uh, he is a massive loss for Kante. Um, yeah. I mean, I think they said Kovacic is close to being back, but I mean, yeah. Kante covers so much ground and covers for so many players and. Like you said, you're worried Chelsea won't make Champions League. I mean, it's only three games in. I think, you know, we we'd all judge it in like March, April time. We'll see where all our, our teams are up. Um, you'd like to think they're still in with the hump of Champions League. I mean, Chelsea were European champions, currently world champions. You know, mm. there's still time for them to bring somebody in, whether they bring in a Bamiang or not. Like, I really wouldn't. But I mean, there's very few options out there, and that's the thing. You, you look at like we we're told in January like oh there's nobody there and we were cracking the lid thinking that we need to bring somebody in or we're going to miss out in top four which we did but I think a lot of like Arsenal fans in particular are happy we waited to get someone like Gabriel Jesus in because he's changed the team so much and then when you're looking out there now who's out there for Chelsea to buy there's Adbamiang who by the way at Barcelona are taking the piss asking for 30 million when they got him for nothing six months ago um, I think Chelsea are up offered 15 and that's the max they're looking to go for him yeah, I mean, Aubameyang can score goals. It's just his attitude is shit. You know, once he kind of gets a bit of, you know, hard love and you know he's not performing, that's when it gets worrying, and that's kind of what happened when he was with us. Like, he, and he missed a few chances too. Like, you know, there's one that sticks out, like the penalty against Spurs. He should have buried it, and he missed it in the last minute of the game, uh, yeah. which we would have beat them two one and. Uh, Olympiacos in the Europa League I mean he missed an absolute sitter but he, you know he's still a good striker still a good finisher and if Tuchel can get him firing then that'll obviously be good for Chelsea kind of funny that he has an Arsenal tattoo on his I kind of get into that um, <laughs> it's it's um, Arsenal and Chelsea has swapped a few players over the years now um, I don't know they do need someone I think I said that last week on the podcast with uh, with Phil Um definitely need someone in that's going to score goals like Sterling can score goals but you need someone like a number nine up there like Werner's gone scoring goals in Germany Lukaku's gone scoring goals in Italy it's I don't know it's just the the curse of the Chelsea striker I suppose at the moment you just need to bring big drug back from retirement and he'll do the job for you you know 
or or Costa, you know, we were saying today that we were watching that game, like Chelsea haven't really had a proper number nine since Costa, who, you know, was able to score goals. And I know people said Tammy Abraham, and yes, he's been the best one since, but he mm-hmm. wasn't he wasn't as prolific. Um and he he was frustrating at times too, Tammy Abraham. I mean I'd love him now, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he he did get at least fifteen goals a season. He you know you could you could count on him for for putting up some numbers and um Chelsea don't have that at the moment. They really don't. Uh, I don't know if Havertz is comfortable taking on that number nine role, but he, he's not. You know, he's not getting the returns at the minute. Um, it was what poor. sort of player is Havertz meant to be? Because I know you were on last week and he was sort of mentioned, but mm-hmm. is Havertz, is he a striker, is he a midfielder? Like, I don't know. Like, he obviously has scored a few goals, but maybe hasn't done what maybe people were expecting to do for Chelsea. And Yeah, I think he's he's a he is a hybrid sort of a player. He's a, he's a roaming number 10 sort of a player. Like, um, I think for Leverkusen, he played a number of positions. He can play wide on the right and he can play as a 10 um, or he can play as a false nine or a number nine. Um, I think he's played in all those positions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think a 10 is his best position. Um, I think he even played as an 8 for, for Leverkusen too at times. But I think he's a 10. Um, but Mount kind of plays there for Chelsea. And I don't know if he's as versatile. Um, I think they just... Because they don't have an, a proper number 9, Tuchel's kind of using using you know Mount Havertz Sterling as, as the fluid front 3 as like a Man City and Liverpool have done the last couple of seasons. Um, but they're just, there's nobody who's who's the finisher in it. Um, <clears throat> I know Sterling will get some goals, but um, Mount has been criticised for his sort of returns um, in front of goal um, and, and Havertz the same. So, I don't know what Tuchel's going to go. They're at three 0 today. He did change it. Um, he changed the system, and he ha- he brought Chilwell on, uh, to play like the last ten minutes as a wing back, and Kukurea played as the left sided centre back. Um, he maybe just wanted to have a look at that to see, you know, if it was a an option going forward because the problem the problem too with Chelsea is. Nobody creates space for themselves. It looks like that, you know. It looks all very tight. Uh, a ball goes forward and then it comes back, and it's very cyclical. Um, it's uh, it's it's not great to watch. Um, do you think Tuchel's near, like the end of his tether? Like, do you think he's just so mentally exhausted and maybe? He's ready just for a break, because like he's obviously had a lot going on in his personal life. Yeah. And then the cheer, you know, the thing with Abramovich and the change of ownership, and obviously he hasn't gotten the players that he probably would have liked this summer yeah. so far. Um, and I heard his interview on Five Live after the game today, and he just seemed like a man that just needs 
you know, four yeah. weeks on a island somewhere drinking cocktails. Like he just, he just <laughs> seems like he's just done. Um, which you know, obviously, is not something that Chelsea fans want to hear because he has done very well for Chelsea since he came in. You know, he won the Champions League for Chelsea, and you know he's he's been proved to be very popular with with Chelsea fans and. I think if he was to go, I don't know like who's out there. Pochettino at the moment. Um, maybe we're still a wee bit early talking about stuff like this, but I think didn't someone? I can't remember someone in the battle was very bold to say I think Tuchel's going to go by December. Was that? I think it might have been Steve. It could have been me. You know, I have no idea. But I think someone said it. Um, that that I think <laughs> he'll be gone by Christmas time. I I initially thought that because you know Chelsea just have a they're just historic for sacking managers after like a year or 18 months um, but he, he wouldn't be a bad one to stick a wee cheeky favour or tenor on to be the first Premier League manager to kind of whether he'd be sacked or walked I don't I don't think he would walk but he'd probably have to be sacked um, yeah I, I don't think so I, I really don't think so there, I mean Chelsea released a story earlier this week about him starting talks about signing a new contract so I think the the new ownership aren't going to work that way. I think the a lot of their transfer strategy has been based around what Tuchel wants. Um, I don't know if he'll get everything he wants this summer, but I think he is. They want to to build a team with the manager rather than just just build a team and keep changing the managers like what Chelsea have done in the past, which mm-hmm. I've called for for a while. Um, I know there's been success doing it the other way, but it would be nice to to have like a a clap at Liverpool or a, a, a pep at Man City and a you know, have a run of some years with with a manager of high quality. And I think Tuchel is that. I think you're you're probably right. He's, there's a bit of burnout there. Um you know, maybe if he if he makes it um to crit or to to the World Cup, um he can have a few weeks off um and sort of hopefully Chelsea will still be in the race for the top four uh come come Christmas time so uh it might be a target for him but um not good from Chelsea today you were talking about managers there um and you know struggling managers and maybe who is whose head is is on the chopping block Stevie G has been mentioned. He's not having a good time, is he? He's just slipping up, like, isn't he? Ooh, it's it's uh, shocking. He's just felt that he's, one for the Liverpool fans. It, he's thrown it all away. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, his record now is worse than Neville's at Valencia, which is um, that's per record to be fair. That is a that is a bad stuff. It's not one you want to have because. I mean, if there's anything that's going to cheer up United fans this week, that's probably going to be one of the things. Um, obviously, a win over Liverpool tomorrow will really change their mood, but Stevie G has not had a good time at Aston Villa, and when he came in, and you think of the players he has there, like they have, they have a good squad of players, you know, like um, the Coutinho in, who came in last season and done very well the last half of um, the season, and, you know, the of good players and I think they should be doing a lot better than what they are doing and like the draw against Everton didn't it didn't the draw against Everton it's not right him and I, know. I think did they not beat Everton did they beat Everton I think I they beat remember. them 2-1 oh 
Ah, well. I beat them 2 1, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's Everton. Yeah, it's Everton. I mean, not not good good for Frank, your your mate Frank. Like, but. And it was a last, well, not a last minute, but it was sort of last couple of minutes the winner came. That was yeah. not a good match. Like. It's, um, it's just been, I think it's been underwhelming, particularly for Aston Villa fans. I thought Stevie G was going to come in and take them to the next level because he done very well at Rangers. Mm. He actually made the Scottish League. A wee bit interesting again with the run between them and Celtic, um, and then he went into Aston Villa. There was so much promise, so much hope, and everybody thought he might do quite well. And uh, I think there was podcast that that we done last year. I don't think I was on it, but you know Phil kind of talked about where Aston Villa could be and what they could do with DVG and you know challenge for Europe and things like that. And because a big just, club again, yeah, the big club. I mean, they've won the European Cup for God's sake. You know, they are a big club and. I think with the the money put into that team and the players that brought in, they should be doing a lot better. And Gerard could like if he doesn't get like come the Arsenal game, you know if if he loses another two games, you know Villa's ownership might be like right, what's going on here? Maybe you should look at changing this because they haven't had a great start to the season. And uh, yeah, I think I think he could um, face the chop. I think he is probably favourite to get get the boot. Um, even with Frank at Everton there, it doesn't there doesn't seem to be any talk of Frank getting the boot at Everton, but I think um Mikel Arteta has won the argument of who's the better manager between, you know, Solskjaer, Lampard and uh and Gerard, just to put it that way. Um like, yes, I don't know, what 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 do you think of, of Stevie G at Villa because he was good at Rangers and he's just been pure dung at Villa. Yeah. Yeah, I think the it sh- kind of shows the difference in levels, really. Um, um, like the Scottish League is, I, I mean, I'm not trying to put it down, like, but it is just nowhere near the level of the Premier League. Um, the the level of players, the the level of managers, you know, the the managers he's coming up against, Jared week week to week. You know, either world class managers established already, or you know, young up and coming, really, um, you know, uh, sort of tactically astute, um, really, you know, have a deep education in coaching, um, and you know, I think Jared, obviously, um, I can't remember the name of the coach that he lost this year. But I think at Rangers, um, a lot of the tactics was was down to the coach rather than um, rather than Jared himself. I think he sees himself as more of a like a general manager rather than, and you can you can kind of tell that he's he's been too heavily reliant on on um, others. Uh, I mean, I don't think any of those guys. I mean, you're about Arteta. Obviously, Arteta did go under Pep, and and obviously he learned a lot, um, because you can see evidence of it in Arsenal's play. Um, fella, just I, I don't think he's gonna bring them to that level that that Phil was talking about, um, to where they were before. You know. European places, it looks a long way off at the minute for Villa. Um, I think, you know, they have 
West Ham next in the Premier League. They play um, both second round of the AFL Cup. They probably make a lot of changes for that game, so it's, it's not really going to tell us much. But West Ham are struggling, and Aston Villa are playing them at home. Um, if they lose that game, and then as you say, they play Arsenal and Man City in a, in a row, you know, I can't see them getting too many points out of those games. The, the West Ham game is massive. For Gerard, I think it's massive for both teams. To be fair, that's yeah. Neither of them. Well, West Ham have won a game this year and are scored. So, yeah, I mean that's you wouldn't have predicted that for West Ham. Bit of burnout there, maybe from the the European campaign last year. They played a lot of a lot of games, um. Yeah. But that is that's a huge game, uh, uh. For for both, I think Gerard, like, I think Boise will. Will turn it around. I think given a bit of time, they have some injuries too. Um, but Aston Villa at home, um, a poor start so far. Um, if they lose that and then going into the Arsenal and Man City game, um, Jared could be under serious, serious pressure. Um, yeah, so he definitely what... could. He could be facing the boots. Absolutely. Um, yeah. He's my favourite to sort of get the boots first this season. Yeah. And it yeah. wouldn't really surprise me. But um I think they're linked with uh Ismail Asara there tonight, I'm just saying. Um it's it's gonna happen from, from Watford. He's an exciting player. Um if they can get, you know, him in and, and maybe a few more to sort of boost the boost the attack. There's so maybe many like stars in the Premier League now, you know that? Like I think Spurs have one. There's the one from Watford and Chelsea have a star as well. So I always uh, get kind of confused about which one's which, to be honest. Yeah, Smila is is the best one, I think. Chelsea's sorry is shite. Like, I think he might be away on loan. <laughs> I don't even know if he's away at permanent. Um, I, I but... remember you heavily criticising him after the Arsenal game at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> he probably got done, did he? Yeah, I think I think you, you were just thinking you got Ashley Ron Raggett. Um Oh, you know he's just he's just not Chelsea's level I suppose. Um, no. Speaking of which, just just before we finish up, we did obviously mention that you're going back to Stamford Bridge next week. Yes. Um, there's a, there's a good crowd of us heading over to London for your stag. Yes. Um, are you excited to be not just going to the Chelsea match, but like just being generally in and around the Chelsea area again? Because this will be the first time we've, well, like you've been to Chelsea, I've been to Arsenal since pre-COVID, so. Yeah. How are you feeling about the return to, to West London next Saturday? Well, I could be feeling a bit better um, if Chelsea did something today. But, I mean, it, it should be good. Um, it, it'll be nice to be back. Um, it'll be nice to to see a, a Thomas Tuchel side in real life. Um, as you say, you, you do miss some things watching it on. Um, it'll be nice to be in and around Stamford Bridge again, um, and hopefully, uh, Chelsea will have a bounce back performance. They're playing Leicester, who, as you've already mentioned, like don't have, uh, haven't had a great start to the season. There's obviously the Fafana stuff going on as well. You know, Fafana could be a Chelsea player by that by that match, um, if. You know, based on what what we've seen today from Chelsea in terms of centre halves, like um, 
they can't let you down on your stag. Like, I mean, you wouldn't think so. Have, have, I don't know how many times I've been to Stamford Bridge. Could be ten, and they've never lost when I've been there. So I'm holding hope that that trend will continue. Uh, but the need, like, I mean, never mind my stag. They need a performance uh, after that Leeds game because. And hopefully that'll be. Usually, they're not. Um, they're not a team who who go on poor runs. Um, inconsistent, yes, but Chelsea should be beating Leicester at home. I mean, the quality that they have is massively outweighs Leicester. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting over with the lads. Um, and yes, looking forward to Fulham maybe putting a. Putting a spanner in the works as well on, on Saturday evening, that would be nice. Well, I have seen Arsenal lose at the Emirates, so I mean, it's not like that would be a first time if, if that happened. Um, Southampton beat us 2-0 in the League Cup, I was there in second row. Ryan Bertrand scored, former Chelsea player, so... Nice. Yeah, okay, I, I'm looking forward to it as well, getting over and um, having a bit of crack and, you know, getting around the actual Arsenal area again would be nice. Um It'll be nice to see what they're sort of doing around the ground and things like that because I know they have been renovating the outside of the stadium as as uh, the previous couple of weeks. So it'll just be nice to be to be in the area again and feel the match day atmosphere. It's been it's been a long time, four years, like so. Like yeah, Fulham will be a tough game, um. But looking forward to it. It should be good. I'm sitting in the North Bank for the first time with Jake, so uh, nice. It it'll all, it'll all be good. Hopefully, um, to get a win and then. You say West Ham are playing on the Sunday. Um, West Ham are playing. Oh, they're away from home though. Oh, they're away from home. Yeah, I they, they play Villa on the Sunday away from home. There, there, there could be. I mean, I think we're our flight back on Sunday evening is quite late. There may be a wee cheeky, um, championship or League One game, um, that we might be able to sneak into on the Sunday. But, um, yes, the. Uh, Chelsea and Arsenal games um, will be uh, the ones most populated by us. I think Phil, Steve, Harry are going to. Where are they going to? Is it Leighton Orient? I Leighton think. Orient? Yep, they're going to Leighton Orient. Uh, I think they originally were meant to go to Millwall, but that um, that obviously didn't happen. Um, but I think they're going to Leighton Orient. Leighton Orient. Um, Leighton Orient are League One, are they? Yeah, they're League One. I think or yeah, I think they are League One. So they're they're the closest football ground to where we're staying. Um, I think there's obviously real strikes at the minute in England, in London. So I don't really know how that's going to affect us. But Arsenal are about forty minutes away from where we're staying, and Chelsea are about fifty. Um, yeah. so hopefully there'll be no strikes on next Saturday, and we'll be able to get all the games handy enough um, you have a good crowd going with you to Stamford Bridge so it's only just me and Jack yes. that need to get across to North London and yes. Phil and Steve and Paddy will be at Leighton Orient so you know there might, so, might, be, might be some content out from that we will see yes um, there there will hopefully be some content um, I don't think uh, there will be a podcast next Sunday evening um, you'll forgive us for that it may be a few days late um, we may all try to get on hopefully uh, some evening next week and 
talk about the London trip and uh, the games that we've seen and things like that. So, um, looking forward to that. Hopefully, um, that could be nice if it'd be nice if we all got positive results and we could all have a, a great time. I'm sure that's not going to happen though. Um, <laughs> Follow him to cause so, him upset at the Emirates. <laughs> Look, we've started Reach the season too well. We have literally started the season too well for it to go well for me and Jack next week. So, um, to be fair, you and um, for for old school listeners of the Babel, um, the Prince of Rome uh, will be accompanying Jedi to to the Emirates. So, um, I mean, some content will be great from that if if Arsenal lose the game. Um, I imagine it will be very entertaining. Um, but we'll see next week what we'll come up with. Um, and you'll see it on our socials. Um, so I think I'll lose, Jenny. We've we've talked shite for over an hour. So um, you are going away a lot happier than me from this game week. So um, might watch match of the day, don't you? Oh no! Like, no, I, what do you want to do? Obviously, it's all about House of the Dragon. It's back. Game of Thrones is back. Everybody. Uh, not everyone's ten up to two o'clock in the morning. I'm not, so I'll watch it tomorrow. But Game of Thrones is back, everyone, in case he's all forgot. So look forward to that. Thanks for that reminder, Jonathan. Um, I, I'm sure Phil, Steve, Paddy, a combination will be back. As I say, not be Sunday next week. It will be uh, during the week at some stage. Um, make sure to check out our socials as well for Phil's blog this week. It's been going down very well. Um, he'll do the heroes and zeros. I'm sure there'll be some zeros on the Chelsea team this week. Um, Arsenal the opposite um, so look out for that on our socials at the Football Bubble um, thanks John for coming on tonight it's been a delight Enjoyed. yes I'm sure it has been um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening folks and we'll see you again at some point next week good luck